Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. This is Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. And once again, thank you for joining us today. If we ever needed the Lord before, we sure do need Him now. I love that old song. Hallelujah. It's more relevant. It's more pertinent to our circumstances, our global situation, our personal situations than it has ever, ever been. I believe everyone in this listening audience can agree if we ever needed the Lord before, we sure do need Him now. Well, I've got good news for you today. We have Him. We have Him. He doesn't he doesn't draw away and sit aloof in his heaven uh, when we are facing fearful times. He draws near. And you know, God takes that drawing near initiative. And if we draw near to him, he says, I'm already drawing near to you. I will draw near to you. So we're going to be talking about a subject today in light of the circumstances of our world today and your world and mine today. There are fearful things on every side. In fact, there's an Old Testament scripture that says, The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Where does that holy boldness come from when the self-confident, uh, self-aggrandizing, self-exalting wicked people are fearful and trembling? Where does our boldness come from, our courage and our confidence come from if facing the same things that is making them shake and tremble. That's what we want to address today because I've titled this message today, Walking in Fearless Love, the basis for all boldness and intimacy. I'm just going to shorten the title, <laughs> amen, to Walking in Fearless Love, but it will produce boldness, holy boldness, and it will provide for intimacy with God. Amen. First John chapter four, if you have your Bible, sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen. It says, And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out fear. I want, to, I want to underscore that today. Perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment. Greek word for torment is penal imprisonment. Fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. I like one uh, translation that says perfect love turns fear out of doors and expresses every and expels every trace of terror. <laughs> Hallelujah. Perfect love, God's perfect love for us turns fear out of doors. Amen. Fear knocked on the door, someone said. I sent faith to answer it. And he said, there's no one here. You see, because perfect love turns fear out of doors. 
and expels every trace of terror. One of the most frequent terms used in the New Testament is fear not, fear not, little flock, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear none of these things that shall come upon thee. Fear not over and over because God knew that we in faulty bodies would live in a fallen world and we would have a formidable foe in the enemy who set himself against us. And fear would be always uh, trying to push its way into our life, get into our heart and into our mind. And that's why over and over again, the Lord is saying to us, fear not. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid. And we can have a, a, a basis for not fearing. And that basis is because perfect love casteth out fear. Remember when Paul told Timothy, he said, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but power, love, because love casteth out fear and a sound mind. I think sometimes, particularly in our Pentecostal circles where we have really put a focus on the power of God, maybe we have done it at the expense of the person of God. That's why the scripture is saying here, God is love. We've known and believed the love He has for us because God is love. Hallelujah. He has power, but He is love today. And perfect love casteth out fear. Timothy didn't need a demon of fear or a spirit of fear as we think of as another world cast out of him. He, he needed his own spirit to quit being fearful. God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of Power, love, and a sound mind. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, the Bible said of the end times, the sign of Jesus coming, that nation, men's hearts would fail them for fear and looking at the things which are coming upon the earth. These are not unfounded fears. This, this, this tribulation period that is coming, this wrath of God that is uh, going to fall upon the entire world. Amen. This is going to be the most fearful time that there's ever been because there's never been a day like it. There'll never be a day like it again. But even in that day, that very day of judgment, we can have boldness. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because as he is, so are we in this present world. I want to read a scripture this morning from Isaiah 41, verses 10 through 13. Listen carefully. This is what he said to ancient Israel. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with my right hand of righteousness. <laughs> I found out God was right-handed through that scripture. <laughs> Listen, I will uphold thee. I looked at that and I thought, you know, me and God are going to be uh, doing this together. He's going to come alongside of me and he's going to put his arm underneath my arms and together we're going to make it through all these fearful times. This word uphold doesn't mean that. It means to lift up from the earth. It means God is going to carry me. I, it's not 
his strength and, and a little bit of mine blended together. It's all of his and none of mine. Didn't Paul say it in the New Covenant when I'm weak? Whatever brings me to that point where all my self-sufficiency and self-confidence is gone and all I have left is to put my trust in God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. He said then, then am I made strong. He said once again to ancient Israel, thou shalt be born on eagles' wings. He didn't just say, I'll give you wings. He said, I'm going to carry you. Amen. Praise God. Friend of mine, I believe with all of my heart today that fear is crippling the boldness that we need in our faith to believe God for for things that, well, what, what did he say? He said, I'm able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything that you think or anything that you can possibly ask. And I believe we're not asking large enough for God to be glorified in the answer. I got some prayers before the Lord that are are so big, only God can answer them. Happenstance and luck and, and whatever else. No, only God can do it. And he's saying here, fear not, I'm with thee. To his covenant people, be not dismayed, I am thy God, I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded, they shall be as nothing, and they that strive against thee shall perish. Thou shalt seek them, and thou shalt not find them. Even them that contend with thee, they that war against thee shall be as nothing, as a thing of naught. <laughs> Amen. You know, sometimes we feel intimidated, don't we? We get that spirit of fear in our spirit, in our mind, in our attitude, because we feel overwhelmed by a world that is anti-Christ in its very nature. Ah, oh, but friend of mine, he that's in us <laughs> is greater than he that is in the world, and he that is for us is greater than them that stand against us. Look at verse 13 of Isaiah 41, for I the Lord thy God will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. You know, it's not so much as who's against us. <laughs> that, that's not the issue of dealing with fear or how intimidating they are, how how powerful they may be, or how terrible it may look. Friend of mine, it's not a matter of who is against us. The the question to to walking in that boldness and that faith that dispels fear is who is for us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? And you're seeing it here. I'm with thee. I will help thee. Hallelujah. Walking in fearless love. Look at First John chapter 4 with me this morning. 16, 17, and 18. It said, And we have known and believed that the love that God has for us. Let's read it again. God is love. He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness. You see, the wicked flee when no man pursueth. The righteous are bold as a lion. 
that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. No fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. You see, that's what Timothy needed. He didn't need deliverance from a spirit from the netherworld or from the devil. He needed his own spirit, amen, to be, be redirected, to, to see and believe and understand the love that God had for him. Again, it's not just power we need to be emboldened. It's knowing and accepting the love of God for us in our life. Perfect love indeed turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror. Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen to this scripture in Hebrews 9, 12, 13, 14, 15. Let's read those. It says, Neither did I say Hebrews 9? Yes, chapter 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge, underscore that, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, the new covenant, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Praise God. That means as a Christian, we do not have to fear the wrath to come or the judgment that is going to fall upon the wicked. There is a boldness in knowing that God is with us and God is for us. And it says we could have our conscience purged. And that's one Greek word, but it's rendered uh, three words in the King James one Greek word, purge. It would be rendered to purge as it is here, also to purify and also to cleanse. Praise God. Listen, friend, on the day of your and my salvation, your sin-marred conscience was purged from sin and guilt and purified from past memories, cleansed from accusations. Hallelujah. Praise God. This is the glory. This is the glory. Praise God. Of, of salvation. Of Im, imparted, imputed righteousness. That's how God holds us up with the right hand of His righteousness. That's why Paul said in the new covenant and being found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. In other words, not by keeping every element of the law perfectly because no one could ever do that. No one did ever do that. That's why the scriptures remind us there's none righteous. No, not one. And that's why it also says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And it's this knowledge of our new standing with God that should create a boldness in our approach to Him and that we might find fellowship in His presence. 
Listen to Hebrews 10.22. And let us draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Hallelujah. Listen, listen. This is what God is saying to us today as His children in these fearful times. Hallelujah. We need our conscience cleansed. We need it purged from all of those past sins and guilts and shames. We need it sprinkled from evil. Hallelujah. And we need to walk in the full assurance of His perfect love for us that was demonstrated perfectly at the cross when Jesus became our substitute, our Lamb of God, our sin-bearer. Amen. Taking our sins upon Himself and paying the penalty for them and granting to us His innocence. And this is what Jesus prayed, amen, for us in the New Covenant, in John's Gospel. You know what he prayed? He said, Father, he said, I want you to love them. Speaking of the followers of Jesus, his disciples then and now, I want you to love them just like you love me. I want you to love them with the same love wherewith you have loved me. How can that be? You see, Jesus was perfect. He was, he was sinless and spotless. None of us can say that. If we say we have no sin, the Scriptures are clear. We lie and do not the truth. But if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from iniquity. Hallelujah. Amen. How can it be that Jesus would ask the Father to love us like He loved His only begotten? Amen. How could He do that? Amen. Listen, when you get saved... It is a it is a perfect sacrifice that was offered, providing a perfect relationship with God, unbroken by all of those sins that are now forgiven. Yes, there's a fellowship that is sustained by not walking in abject rebellion, and a true Christian does not do that, will not do that. Not because we cannot do that, but because he's taken out that heart of stone and he's put in a heart of flesh. And if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Therefore, all things, old things have passed away and all things are brand new. We are not sinlessly perfect, but we are perfectly, perfectly Perfectly saved. Hallelujah. And it's perfect love from God that now flows from His heart to us. Listen to Romans eight fourteen through 16. It says, For as many as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself, bearing witness with our spirit that we are the children of 
God. Hallelujah. You see, when God saved you, he, he didn't, uh, have you heard this term? I'm just, it sounds humble, but it's really not, not humble at all. It's, it's not biblically accurate. It will never produce the boldness that God is calling us to bring forth today. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm just an old sinner. Remember, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. I'm still prisoner of, of, of the devil. I'm still, I'm still a, a servant of my old weak flesh. And I'm just, no, you are saved by grace. You were an old sinner, but now we are the sons of God. God didn't just save us and leave us in Satan's prison house. God did not just save us and leave us a debtor to the flesh. Hallelujah. God saved us. He sanctified us. Glory to God. He baptized us into the body of His Son spiritually. We've all been baptized into one body. Glory to God. And we're the body of Christ. And He accepts us in the Beloved because He's put us in the Beloved. And He accepts us as He accepts His Son because He's put us in His Son. I don't know if you can... This early in the morning, can you handle it? Can you, can you, did, did you put on your shouting shoes this morning? You got on them old house shoes, them moo-moos? <laughs> it's time to take them off and put on your shouting, dancing shoes. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Listen, you know what the Bible said? It said, now therefore, there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. It's here in Romans 8, beginning with verse 1. Now, therefore, there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. Romans eight fourteen. For as many as are led. That's what it means to be led. By the Spirit of God. He is now in charge. He is the one we're bowing to. He is the one that we are trusting in. Hallelujah. They are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. You have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, capitalized, itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I like the Amplified. It says, For the Spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more in bondage to fear, but have received the spirit of adoption, the Spirit producing sonship. Hallelujah. In the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father, Father. The Spirit Himself thus testifies together with our own Spirit, assuring us that we are the children of God. That's why when the disciples said, Teach us to pray, Jesus knowing where He was going to the cross, what the result of that would be, that they would be able to call the God of the universe... Our Heavenly Father. The word Abba is used by Jewish children today. Only our English equivalent, the only English equivalent, would be Daddy. You will see children in Israel today running up with their hands held high, saying Abba, to be picked up and placed on his shoulder, a show of tender affection. Can we say that that is our 
relationship with the Father? Do we know? What I see in most Christians, uh, to include many in leadership, is that we have this father thing down, this father thing down. We have the respect and reverence, and we should, but sometimes it causes us to be distant to a more intimate and personal relationship with Him. The spirit of bondage says you still belong to the devil because you're not 100% perfect. You can never be free. The spirit of adoption declares you've been accepted in the beloved. (laughs) You're free from the law of sin and death. Not just forgiven, but brought into God's own family as His own sons and daughters. Hallelujah. An intimate, personal, familial, family relationship is God's desire. I read where a little boy in in ancient times came running down the corridor toward the private chambers of a great monarch. A new palace guard caught up to him, grabbing his arm and scolding him and said, You cannot intrude upon the king. You cannot intrude upon the king. (laughs) And the little boy said, He's my father. He's my daddy. And being loosed, he burst through the door and bounded into the lap of the king and into the embrace of his father's arms. Do we have that kind of relationship with God? Can we have that kind of relationship with God today? Hallelujah. Listen. Perfect love casteth out fear. Amen. I heard the, I heard the, it's, it's humorous, but it's true. I heard the story that fear came knocking on the door. And someone said, I sent faith to answer the door. And faith said, there's no one here. Amen. You see, fear indeed gets turned out of doors. When we stand in bold faith, amen, and faith worketh by love. We know and believe the love that God has for us and what the love of God has produced and provided for us. This new relationship with God and to God, it could never be known. It would would be considered almost blasphemous to call the God of the universe, even, even for Moses or Abraham to say, Abba, to say, Daddy, to God. That was, it was unthinkable in the old covenant. But we have a new covenant and a better covenant established on better promises for the blood of Jesus Christ speaks of better things than the blood of bulls and goats. I claim in this day of such shaking, Psalm 46, amen, if they could have that kind of of bold faith in the time of, of, of cataclysmic events in the Old Testament, how much more Should we, people of the new covenant, Christians born again in the new covenant relationship with God and to God.
Amen. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present or ever-present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the mountains be removed and cast down into the sea. Friend of mine, how, how does that kind of, that kind of understanding of God's personal promise to uphold us and hold tightly to our right hand with His right hand of righteousness? I believe one of the things that's going to separate Christians in this time is that we who have these same fearful things all around us are not going to get a spirit of fear upon us. But we're going to have a different spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Of power, love, and a sound mind. And in our courage and our boldness to, to, to stand today when everyone and everything is shaking and to have that peace that passes understanding because perfect love has cast down, cast out, and turned out of doors fear. Today, if you're a child of God, <laughs> what more can I say? You are a child of God. And He is holding you, and He is upholding you. And He said, I'm not going to let you go. (laughs) Hallelujah. I will not let you fail. I will not let you fall. So keep your trust and your focus upon me and my love for you. Hallelujah. Listen, friend, today if you are without God, if you don't know Christ As your personal Savior, the Bible said you're without God and you're without hope in this present world. Without God means to be without hope. This is a terrible place to be in. Without God and without hope. And yet the Scripture is going to say the God of hope fill you with hope in believing. Hope is the glad anticipation of future good. Friend of mine, today you can get a hold of that hope by repenting of your sin, receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior. And the moment you do, God will forgive your sin. He will forget your sin. He will purge your conscience from those sins and He will embrace you and bring you into His family and He will call you His son, His daughter and you can call Him Abba, Father without being disrespectful, without being irreverent but in faith in this relationship you now have with Him And you can join with Christians around the world and say, Our Father, who art in heaven. Hallelujah. Jesus said, You start your prayer with an acknowledgement of this personal, paternal relationship with the Father. 
for the just suffered for the unjust that he might bring us to God. The mediator of the new covenant, Jesus Christ, he died on the cross so the Father could love us like he loved his only begotten by placing us in his Son and receiving us as he does his Son. We're not divine. He's the divine one. (laughs) Amen. He's divine and we're just the branch. But friend of mine, I want you to know we're accepted in him today. We're loved in him today. And God said, I will uphold you. Come to Christ. Don't run from him. Run to him and be saved and be safe.